Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, aliens, psychics, religion, new age, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, holistic health, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, while other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's modern world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelyleah.com or at thelovelyleah on Instagram so we can connect. Become a Patreon supporter to get access to behind the scenes of our guests, freebies, early access to new episodes, discounts on merch, and more. Are you ready to manifest incredible love? Not just love, but healthy, meaningful, aligned love. Hi, I'm Alia Lovely, the host of Chart Topping Podcast, Spiritual Shit. And I'm Shirin Eskandani, coach and founder of Wholehearted Coaching. We've both manifested amazing partnerships and want to show you how to do that in your own life by unlocking your energy and mindset. So we've created Manifest Them, the online course to call in your soulmate. With over six hours of content, worksheets, bonus meditations, and breathwork exercises, this course will show you exactly how to shift your beliefs and frequency to manifest your equal and capable partner. This course will not only teach you how to call on your soulmate, but also how to nurture a loving, healthy relationship. If you're interested in finding love or finding out more about how to manifest, head over to manifestthem.com. Open the door, love, and step into the partnership you've always desired. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm your host, Aaliyah Lovely, and I hope that you've had an incredible week this week, particularly because we have just entered into Mercury in retrograde, and I laugh at when all the blogs come out and everybody's like, oh no, the sky is falling, don't do this, don't do that, and uh, it's interesting to me uh, because... Uh, to me, I've always believed that that Mercury in retrograde has been a way for us to look backwards and do some work um, around things that we haven't quite healed yet. So when it goes back forward, we are able to put ourselves in a position where we are clean of clutter and no longer having any, um, you know, loose ties <laughs> still needing to be tied up. So that would help us be able to clear our uh, energetic field um, after doing some shadow work or inner child work and being able to move forward freely. And what's interesting about Mercury uh, being in retrograde is that, um, at least as I understand it, I am not an astrologist, but that there's a few like um, shadow weeks that show up beforehand that kind of give you a nice little glimpse of uh, what's to come. And, uh, today I'm going to be talking about that for myself, but before we get into that, uh, I just want to make a few announcements. Number one, um, if you're a Patreon member, we're having this workshop, um, on October 11th. Um, sorry, it's at October 10th at 11 CST. It is a workshop on spirituality and business, how to grow your gifts 
um, and utilize them for abundance. So if that's something you'd like to be a part of, go to patreon.com slash the lovely Aaliyah and become a $10 member uh, to get access to that workshop, that life workshop, where you will get to see my face <laughs> and we will get to interact uh, in real time. And so I love our workshops that we have and being able to see you guys and talk to you and answer some of your questions. And so it's been a good time. So hopefully uh, I will see you there. And if not, you can always get those workshops um, at spiritualshitschool.com to get access for, to those later. Um, they're not $10 then, but uh, actually the better deals on Patreon, but whatever. Anyway, next announcement um, for those of you who may be new followers, there's been a scammer, a lot of scammers that are scamming a lot of spiritual people um, and trying to give people fake readings. And so a lot of you have contacted me and said, is this you? Do you have two accounts? Do you have six accounts? Do you have 12 accounts? Nope. I have one account and I'm just putting this out there now on every episode to keep you guys from getting scammed. Um, but that's as much energy as I'm going to put into it this week. <laughs> and so let's get into the story this week. We got, we got real story time this week, guys. So I have, um, most of you know, I've had a baby uh, a good, almost five months ago. And I started to experience uh, a lot of, of postpartum hair loss. And so that, so some of you who are, um, who've had children know that, uh, usually around the four to six month mark, you lose a lot of that hair that you grew over that time. And, um, as precious as edges are to a black woman, I was losing them at an alarming rate. So my hair was falling out pretty bad and almost to a scary degree. And I thought, Oh my God, I hope this grows back. Everybody says, Oh, it grows back. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And anyway, it was getting to the point where when I pulled my, my hair back in a sleek bob that I have, um, you could see through it and see like the, the balding underneath. Um, and it caused me a lot of shame. <laughs> I, I was surprised that something that's so normal that happens to a lot of people really caused me to feel so terrible about myself. And I was like, I need to get my hair cut. I need to get my hair cut. Um, I need to, you know, I should have probably just gotten bangs. Like that may have been a good enough fix at the time. Um, but I was like, oh, I can get some like cute, short pixie haircut. I've had my hair short before many of times. Um, it has not been a big deal. I'm like, it's hair, whatever it goes back. Um, so I went into the, the salon and the girl who does my hair, um, God bless her. I, I went in, um, and had, you know, a lot of hairstyles kind of picked out of, of what I wanted. So we get into the haircut and immediately as she starts cutting, I start to feel regret immediately. It's, it's instant. And I'm like, well, we already started. So there's not really a lot of going back here. Um, so I commit and, um, as she's cutting more and more off, I'm, I'm noticing, um, you know, a side of my face that I really haven't seen in a while. <laughs> um, because of the way I wear my hair. And I immediately just internally started to feel this massive loss of, you know, myself or my identity even almost because 
um, I had super long hair while I was pregnant. My hair grew really, really fast. And then I cut it into this kind of chic bob and I was going with the very like Haley Bieber style. She's like my style icon. Don't laugh at that. Um, <laughs> she's got great style. Anyway, um, slicking my hair back and, you know, having it in this cute little ponytail, whatever. Anyway, and now, you know, I was left to fend for, um, you know, a hairstyle that I didn't have much control over even, um, because I think I forgot how curly my hair is, or even my hair texture may have changed during the pregnancy because that happens too. Why am I telling you all this? Um, because, you know, when I saw myself in the chair and once I, she was finished cutting my hair, I, I looked at myself and I thought, I'm, I'm disgusting. Like that was my thought. Like I, it wasn't that I was ugly. It was that I was disgusting that I couldn't bear to even look in the mirror at myself because it was, it was almost painful to see. And, uh, I, I was really surprised by that reaction because, uh, you know, I, I've had my hair short before. It was no big deal, you know, but this time something was different. And so I went home and I tried to play with it. You know how, like everybody knows that the hairstyle or the salon person usually doesn't do your hair how you normally like to do your hair. So you go back home and do it again. And so I went back home and I was trying to mess with it. I showered four times to try different products, to try different this, different that, um, you know, wash it out, try it again. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't resolve it. So uh, a couple uh, days later or something like that, I was like, well, maybe if I straighten it, um, it'll look better, you know, whatever. And when I straightened it, um, I, I didn't like how it looked either. And I was like, it's too long in this spot and too, you know, for my face, blah, blah, blah. I ended up taking clippers to my head, guys. <laughs> um, now, while that may sound really scary for a lot of you, I really learned how to cut hair during quarantine and, uh, cut my partner's hair and all the kids hair and everybody, but, so I wasn't necessarily scared to do that, but I ended up shaving off a good another inch or two just to get it all even. And, um, and then by that point I liked the hairstyle a little bit more, but I immediately thought, all right, well, you know, now that this looks acceptable for me and my face shape, um, I, I, I have to live kind of live with this. And I noticed that immediately I, I started to have some kind of destructive behavior, um, not to anyone else, but to myself, of uh, the way that I talk to myself, the way that I eat, uh, even like I've been on this like really extreme health kick and I just threw all that away. Um, you know, I haven't been doing my, my rituals. I haven't been even writing in my dream journal. Like, you know, it just, it feels like everything just went to smack and I've been in this this place where I've just felt gross. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't love myself anymore. And I, I, I hope that story wasn't too long for you, but there was just this, these moments of, of feeling an old familiar type of self hate that came over me. And I try to remember when was the last time I felt like this, like this bad. And I believe that it was around the time that I had my hair short again. I was going through, um, a divorce 
and I had started dating and noticed that I wasn't getting as much attention when my hair was really short. So I wore a wig for like a year, um, you know, just to, to be able to, you know, get people to (laughs) throw me a dime. Um, and, and I, and all those feelings came rushing back. And I had a chance to realize, wow, man, I really have not healed these altogether. So what, what I'm talking about today is, is not so much about like what you don't have healed or whatever, because that will be our entire life. Our entire life will go through cycles of things where we will get a chance to master and remaster, um, you know, what is, you know, our wounding or, or whatever, but what I'm here to actually talk to you about is the voice that came to me while I was going through some of the more destructive thoughts. And I've seen this somewhere before. So this didn't, I'm not the original person who said this, but someone else said to me out loud, I heard this voice that says, how you look is the least interesting thing about you. And it, it hit me like a ton of bricks, how you look is the least interesting thing about you. And I sat on it for days, thought about it for days. And I thought, hmm, okay. If that were to be true, which I believe it is, I hope it is, um, then the process of me taking so much energetic space to berate myself all day long about how I look is kind of a waste of energy, right? (laughs) Like we spend our days, I spend my days, but I'm sure some of you do as well. Um, you know, at every turn, taking ourselves down, looking in the mirror and looking at our arm fat or whatever, (laughs) you know, that's my, my thing. Um, you know, how our, our clothes fit or, how our makeup is or how our nose looks or how, you know, our hair is, whatever. We spend so much time criticizing ourselves, critiquing ourselves, wishing we looked like something else, thinking that we should do better. We should improve. We need to eat like this. We need to exercise every day. We need to do our hair this way. We need to wear these clothes. Do we? I'm I'm just being honest. Like, do we? Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't take pride in your parents. Um, that is a beautiful way to, um, you know, adorn yourself or um, you know, take pride in in what it is that you do for your body, especially for your health, whatever. But I get I get this feeling for myself that I spend so much time worrying about how I look, um, and I. I don't go anywhere really for all these days. So it's like, does it really matter? Um, but it, it does to me. And I'm the biggest critic of myself. I'm the one that spends the most amount of time, you know, trying to essentially beat people to the punch, trying to fix what it is that I need to fix in order to, to be beyond reproach, to be beyond criticism. So um, we're going on this trip uh, tomorrow, actually send us some prayers, uh, because this is the first time we're flying with a baby. I'm flying with a baby. Uh, anyway, so I was like excited about the trip because, um, you know, it's an opportunity to finally 
see something else. And I was like, let me go, um, you know, get some new clothes, you know, I'm postpartum. Um, I could fit into my jeans again and, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go get some clothes and, you know, look fancy for this trip so we can take all these nice pictures of our family. I remember how amazing it was. And <laughs> I, I get the clothes and they all fit, but they don't look how I thought I was going to look in them. And that what came back over and over and over and over and over was my stomach. Now, mind you, I just had a baby five months ago, but, um, and not just had a baby, like had a C-section. So like my abdominal area was slashed bits and I'm sitting there looking in the mirror in this black dress that I'm wearing. And my go-to was thinking of all the thoughts that I thought other people would think about me wearing this outfit and how they would judge me how they would see me in the airport and go, Ooh, she shouldn't be wearing that. She don't have a body to wear that. Blah, 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 blah. And I just, I went through the, the dozens with myself. Um, your mom is so fat. <laughs> I said it to myself. Um, <laughs> I, I may be the only one that finds that really funny, but I'm sitting here and I'm, and I'm thinking like, I'm so worried that people are going to know that I I don't like how I look or that they're not going to like how I look. And then that will make it true. Uh, and so the voice that came to me, thank goodness for my spirit guys, my goodness, um, was, you know, Jesus Christ, Aaliyah, you, you just had a baby. You just had a baby. In fact, you will be walking around that airport, those, you know, streets or wherever you're at, with that baby, people will recognize you just had a baby. And even if, if, even if you didn't, it shouldn't matter. Like your vacation is for you. Uh, your, the, this trip is for your family, for you to enjoy your memories. Are you going to spend the whole time talking about something as boring as how you look? I mean, that was a full on reality check, full stop. And I thought, man, how many times do I look back at pictures and go, oh, I don't like how I look here. Oh, that wasn't a great photo. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I also have the photographer's disease where I think every photo should look perfect, but that's, that's just probably me and the other photographers who are listening. Um, but there was just this thing that I was like, I'm taking the steam and the excitement and the, the wonderful, you know, energy that could be contributed to something that's going to, that should be fun and making it about this vessel that I incarnated in and how imperfect it is. Now, for when I was single, I know that that was definitely something that harped on me terribly. And I remember praying, please, 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 please let me find someone who accepts me as I am. And thankfully, I was able to manifest that person who vies for my attention daily who lets me know how much he loves me and, and how attracted to me he is. And I'm sitting there, you know, most interactions with him, especially lately, especially since I cut my hair thinking, you know, I, I, I can't accept it. It's not real almost. Now I'm not, I'm not saying that his, his affection isn't real, but there's something inside of me that rejects it because I don't feel that way about myself. 
in the current circumstances. And I was like, oh, good old retrograde. <laughs> this I feel like you can blame retrograde on. Um, making a huge change, you know, during this time where I'm like, I need to look at, at some stuff that I need to heal. But um, what I found to be really interesting is that I am unable to accept the amount of love someone is willing to give me when I don't have the capacity for it myself. Now, some of you guys who have had readings with me or some of you have uh, seen some of you know our, our courses and whatnot or whatever, I have this analogy that, you know, imagine that you have two cups in your hand and you have this a smaller cup and a larger cup. And the smaller cup is how much you love yourself. So the capacity for it to be filled is how much exists in that short cup. And then you have someone over in this tall cup that has the, it filled to the brim of love that they're trying to pour into your cup. And you can't pull the full, you can't pour the full glass into the smaller cup. It overflows and then the rest of the liquid is wasted because the capacity for that cup can't accept the overflow. So in order to be able to receive all of the love, the liquid, <laughs> the love that someone is trying to give you, you must grow the size of your cup. So that way you can feel the fullness of what it is someone is trying to give you. So those of you who have uh, issues with feeling loved or having issues with being feeling that you're lovable in some way or another, you know, obviously that stems from, you know, trauma and other things, um, you know, society, whatever influence it, you know, everybody's got their story for why they feel that way. But if you recognize that someone is trying to love you and you find it really difficult to accept that love, it's because your vessel for capacity uh, is, is maybe smaller than what it is someone is trying to give you. And so this week I said, I need to do, I need to do something about that. I need to, to grow my cup, grow my capacity for love. What if I saw myself through my partner's eyes? Maybe that's my exercise this week, you know, see myself through my partner's eyes. Well, in in his eyes, I believe, <laughs> He's, he said something to me the other day where he's like, you're such a bomb ass mom and, <laughs> um, and some other really nice things. And I thought, wow, you know, I'm not giving myself really enough credit for everything that I've been through in the last few months and how I'm going to say it elegantly. We've been making it through these last few months as, as parents, as a parent. Um, while I'm still doing my business, put back up my podcast, I am working and, and keeping up with stuff, <laughs> um, you know, doing lots of things that I'm hoping will bring the world value. And I'm sitting here looking in the goddamn mirror, trying to criticize myself over some hair protein, <laughs> you know, like cells that are reproduced, whatever, like, I don't know what hair is. Like, I, I know what hair is, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's dead on your head. It's like, what's the big deal? And I say this with, with great honesty and vulnerability, that this is something I've struggled with most of my life. I've always had kind of a dysmorphic way of looking at myself. And then years later, looking at photos of those, that girl and being like, damn it, I wish I loved myself when I looked like that. Cause now I look like this and I was looking good then, but I couldn't see it. 
and had to pull that example backwards and say, maybe I look good now. Now, I don't want to get flooded with a bunch of compliments. Please don't do that. It'll make me feel so awkward. But what I'm saying is I was like, maybe I look good now. Maybe right now I can't see myself for how beautiful I am as a person because this package is not just about how I look. It's never been about how you look, right? Like, yeah, we look on Pinterest and Instagram and like, you know, whatever. And, and we're often looking at a lot of imagery that isn't real. Some of it is right. But the, the, the amount of it that we are confronted with day by day by day, that's not real. The, the girl that you aspire to look like, uh, you know, Haley Bieber, (laughs) um, you know, the, the, the amount of people that look like that is, is actually quite rare, which is why it's aspirational for a lot of people. But I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, like what, what kind of traits would I like my daughter to appreciate? You know, do I want her to see the energy of how I tear myself apart day in and day out? Even if I don't express it out loud, you know, I'm not talking about it very often, but it's something that I think about a lot. Am I using that thought space, that energy to think about those things that I could be thinking about, you know, other really amazing ways to use my experience in this world for the greater good, for my kid, for myself? Am I, are you spending time not being in photos and in memories because you can't stand how you look? And instead, you know, like I always make this really morbid example. So forgive me, uh, I'm warning you now, but I always make this morbid example to um, my partner. And I say, you know, you should really take more photos of me, um, you know, with my kid. So, So when I die and they have my funeral, they're going to be looking at you like, where are the photos at? <laughs> where are the intimate moments that people want to remember her by? You won't have any. And and my phone will be full of pictures of you. <laughs> and and I, I say that knowing now that the, the preciousness of documenting your existence is so important. And how many of us opt out. Please don't take a picture of me. Oh, no, no. Delete that picture. Oh, get rid of this. Da, da, da. We, we want to, to erase the proof of, you know, who we are, who we were in this time period. And I know, I know more people do it than me. I've heard, I've heard of it. In fact, because I'm a photographer, I see it all the time. I've never gotten pictures taken before, or I'm not photogenic. So um, I'm only expecting to really like one or whatever. And I'm like, you just haven't had the right photographer, <laughs> but they're, they're so much upset around how we feel in our bodies and, and to the pa- to the point that we will often avoid being documented, we'll avoid taking, you know, everybody makes people fun of people who take selfies. And I think it's ridiculous because I'm like, Hey, if there's nobody else to take a picture of you, and you need to document this moment, by all means, go ahead. Now, if you're posting a thousand selfies over and over to get validation on Instagram, that's a whole nother thing. We're not going to talk about that today. But the the deal is, is that it's important to acknowledge that you exist in this body. It's important to acknowledge that how you look is the least interesting part about you. Like your energy, 
what you bring to the table, you know, um, how you, you adorn the world even is, I would say likely a lot more special and, you know, who, why am I spending time thinking about these other people who I'll never see again? Why do I care? You know, it's like some people, we all say like, we don't care, but sometimes we do. And what I'm noticing for myself is, is that, you know, I'm coming into conflict with areas of myself that I feel are unacceptable, um, particularly in my body. And at the same time, I'm hearing this voice that is saying, be gracious with yourself, be gentle with yourself. You know, all of us have gone through a lot in the last year and a half, two years, a lot. Some of us have lost jobs. Some of us have lost family. Some of us have lost, you know, our, our, (laughs) our core identity. You went through awakening. You're like, holy shit. You know, there's just been a lot that's been going on. And even despite our best efforts to do all the right things for our bodies and for our person, you know, we might be doing the best that we can. I had an intuitive recently read me and tell me that I'm going to be in this new stage of more of a performer. And by performing, I was like, "Mm, what? (laughs) Um, But out in the open, out in front of people, people can see me. And uh, while I knew that to be true, um, for some things that have been calling me anyway, um, you know, part of it scared me because I thought like, oh shit, you know, like I can't hide behind my voice anymore. You know, I can be super mysterious and sexy and smoldering here and <laughs> on the podcast, but, um, when people are finally able to see me and connect with me, uh, visually, you know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's a whole nother source of pressure of feeling like I need to meet certain expectations. I need to look a certain way or do this or do that. And I'm just, I'm just starting to learn or relearn. I don't know that, you know, that the way that I look is the least important part. What I'm offering, what I'm bringing to the table what you're bringing to the table is far more important than how you look. And I really want to let this ring true for those of you who um, are much younger and not because I don't think it applies to those of us who are older, but for definitely, I know that when I was in high school and in college specifically, uh, there was so much comparison. You know, I wasn't uh, an athlete. And so there was a lot of, you know, comparison of ourselves based off of not, not, I mean, yes, how we looked, but definitely, um, how we looked seemed to have something to do with how good our stats were. Oh, you need to lose a few pounds, blah, blah, blah. You'll be able to do this better or, you know, whatever these grown men telling us these, you know, teenage girls what to do with their bodies. Ugh, I just, I shudder at the thought now thinking about it, but anyway, um, if you're much younger and you're hearing this, that to, to let that ring for you a little bit, um, that this is the least interesting about the part about you. 
and and what you have to offer the world and what you are growing into um is is more about the energy you come into the world with and those of us who are older we we probably know this cursory on some level maybe we don't let me not make that assumption but either way um that you find grace and gratitude for the body that's that's carried you through so much and i believe that this is a an insanely spiritual topic because this is the vessel we incarnated into. And I, I made an episode about this last year, but like if you are having trouble with your intuition, if you're having trouble for messages coming to you, if you're having trouble with um, accessing some of your spirituality and you have the desire to do so, check the way that you think about yourself as a vessel, as a person. Because you know, nine times out of 10 in my clients and myself in the world that I've observed, this is what I've learned is that those messages are far harder to come by in a vessel we hate. Like you think spirit is, is up here trying to give you messages and this, that, and the other, and you have this rot inside of you. The intuition comes in at the super, super high vibration and you know, we are tearing ourselves to bits in this very dense vibration, carrying all this energy of malice towards ourselves. How, how do we expect to hear any of that very light information when we are bogged down by the disgust, bogged down by the criticisms, bogged down by you know, every time we see our reflection, we shudder, telling ourselves we're not good enough, we're not worthy, we're not this, we're not that. I saw a meme that said, um, instead of asking, do I look fat in this, ask, do I look worthy of love? Because that's what you're really asking. And the post couldn't be timelier. Am I worthy of love? Am I worthy of love? Are you worthy of love? Are you able to look at the body that you have and say, you know what? That crooked tooth is something unique about me. This, you know, whatever your thing is. My thing is like my, my arms. <laughs> I remember when I was younger, my mom used to say, um, you have, you have these arms that are look, look tough, you know, like I was, uh, an athlete. And so I had really big arms and they were like cut then, <laughs> but I, I hated that they got so big, you know, from lifting or whatever. My mom was like, you look like you can kick somebody's butt. And hi -ya. <laughs> she was so proud of that. She was like, this is, this is awesome. Cause nobody's going to want to mess with you. And I didn't realize how valuable that was until later, but it was something that I, I always had a, a hang up about, you know, something, my arms are big. And then my legs, when I was little, uh, they used to call me thunder thighs. Ironically, Veda has the exact same body type. <laughs> um, and I look at her thighs and her thighs are extra strong. Like, um, since she's been, uh, like straight out of the womb, she's been able to, to put pressure on her legs to stand. Not, no, we're not holding her up to stand. She, she will push herself up to stand. And I remember thinking, wow, that's bizarre. Cause <laughs> you know, she was, you know, a few days old at the time. 
And she's still like that. Like she, she will stand, she loves to stand. She loves to be on her feet or whatever, but her legs are super strong. And I was like, she got those from me. Those are mine. <laughs> that's my DNA that's being carried on. And I remember being in the gym, uh, when I was an athlete in track and being able to leg press, you know, close to 300 pounds. And people were like, that's ridiculous. Like she's 15 years old. Um, anyway, sorry, <laughs> tangent. Um, all that to say that, that those are some, those are parts of my body that I, I could have taken time to appreciate during then, you know, like I may have, uh, you know, caused myself a lot of pain by taking it really personal when my uncles called me thunder thighs because they did and they did often. Um, but they just, they meant I had power. I look strong and I, I desired so much to look frail and thin and small and take up less space. Why did I spend so much time wishing to be smaller? And this, you know, gets into me for me, for me, the whole like patriarchal thing or whatever is like women should take up less space. So we should be smaller and we should be meek and we should be short and we should be all these things that are set to be more desirable. But I don't know, maybe, maybe I don't drink the Kool-Aid anymore. And I find a space for myself where I can say, I have so much more to offer the world than how I look. Like I have so much more to offer the world than, you know, these skin and bones. And when I am out of this body, whenever that may be, hopefully I have a longer time on this earth, but I won't, I won't have this body anymore. And I believe like we, we were in line to get into earth school here to incarnate in a body and we, we choose the body even. So I always, I always wondered about that. Cause I'm like, well, you don't choose your parents and like, you can't choose just anybody. You have to kind of like look somewhat like, <laughs> I don't know how it works, but either way, at, at some point I won't have this body. And I, I believe that I will be thankful for what my body has been able to do while I've been here and the way it's carried my spirit so elegantly together into doing all of these wonderful things that I wanted to achieve while I was here. So maybe I try to channel that grace, um, that graciousness for myself in this body and appreciate what this body can do for me while I'm here. Maybe you do the same, you know, maybe this is your kick in the ass <laughs> to, to find a positive place to accept the vessel that you came in and the matter that you exist in the vessel that holds your spirit. You ever really think about that? Do you sit and think, I mean, sometimes I do. I sit and think, I'm like, wow, like I'm really in this bitch, you know, like I'm really in here. And, um, my, uh, my partner, he's been really getting into the theory of everything the last like week. And there's this book that he really wants to read, uh, my big toe DM me if you've read it. Um, it's something I'm going to check out while we're on our trip, but I started thinking about, um, I heard brief moments of it, so I'll probably get this wrong, but there's parts of it where they talk about this is kind of like a simulation. 
and simulation. And there are uh, other theories that we walk down and talk about simulation theory, whatever. And so I, I, I brought that into my awareness this week as I was going through this lesson, thinking like, well, you know what, if this is, if this is just some video game and we pop out of that, you know, in theory, right, we pop out of here and we go on to the next one and put an avatar and go into a character or whatever. Why am I spending so much time, you know, hating every little imperfection that I, I do, you know, you don't get on Mario Kart and go through and be like, Oh, you know, princess, what's her name? Uh, I can't think of her name. Um, whatever, Mario, Luigi, um, you know, you're not spending time berating Mario's beer belly or lasagna belly or whatever. <laughs> um, you're not taking time to, to critique, uh, you know, their noses or whatever, like they're in there in the game to get shit done and to eat mushrooms and coins and whatnot. Like <laughs> you're not sitting there thinking about the character and how they look. You are on the mission about where you're meant to have head and how you're supposed to level up right? So, and I say this with such conviction, not because I myself have it, but I'm starting to realize it as I'm talking to you guys. And I feel very often that this podcast is super healing for me because I sit and talk to you about what I'm going through right now and how I'm learning right now, what it is that I'm going through. And maybe spirit has a part in that and channeling some of the message, but I'm just going, wow, if that is how our existence is, I could have a lot happier turn this time around. I could appreciate what my body does for me, how it keeps me alive, and how it lets me hold my daughter, how it allows me to hug people that I love and do this show and go on these trips and see the most amazing and beautiful things feel the most amazing and beautiful things. I sit at night with my kid and I look at her like she's a fucking miracle. Cause I was told, uh, a, a large part of my life, I wouldn't be able to have kids. And, and I look at her face and I go, wow, like I get it. I get it. I get it. I get why I'm here. I get what it is I'm here to do. I get this, this space that I'm, I'm taken up to do what it is that I need to do. And I, I get what it means to be in this human experience, the appreciation you have for life itself, just the miracle that life is in general. It, it almost gets me choked up. <clears throat> anyway, before I start crying, <laughs> it's better to end the episode before we have tears. I just, I want to, I, I hope that me sharing with you this week, what my spirit guide shared with me is uh, vastly helpful to how you view yourself in these coming weeks, coming months, even coming years. That one, you deserve to exist and in the body that you're in and, and, and be able to appreciate your experience. But two, you know, to not go so hard after yourself and, and let yourself just live, you know, can I live? <laughs> I love that phrase. Um, let yourself live, let yourself live, you know, like don't allow the hangups of your body. I'm talking to myself too. keep you from doing the things that you really love. Keep you from seeing the people that you love, keep you from letting 
someone document that you exist, you know, go wear that swimsuit. <laughs> go to that yoga class. I remember I wouldn't go to yoga because I didn't want to, you know, be in those positions and, and be like the only fat girl there. Like, and, and it's, it's like, it, it sounds dumb saying it out loud, but it's like a very real thing. Like, I don't want to be in these spaces or go to this. There are groups of friends that I don't hang out with because of the way I feel about my appearance. Um, it's, it's like, oh, they're, they're too pretty. I don't, I don't know why they want to be friends with me. Mind you, this is not conscious thinking. Like, I'm not thinking this consciously. This is what creeps up in my subconscious that tells me don't go to that. Or I get super dressed up and it's like, oh, you don't look very good in that. Or you don't look how you thought you were going to look in that. Or you don't look as good as this person looks in that. It's all bullshit. And it's taking up space. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready to clear out the clutter so that way I can be here in the fullness of who I am and do the damn thing. Okay. And I think that, I hope that you are able to do the same. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you in the next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with someone you love. And if you're interested in becoming a client for energy coaching or card readings, find me at thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do and to book your own session. And don't forget to add me on the lovely Leah on Instagram for daily content and inspiration and hang out with me on Patreon. As always, thank you for listening.